Welcome to the Gifted Life Podcast, where we have conversations about organ, tissue, and eye donation. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Lori Steele. I'm Joey Boudreaux. I'm Sally Gentry. And together we say thank you for tuning in the Gifted Life. Let people know about us, please. Coming up on this episode, guys, Transplant Games 2016. Team Louisiana, I know we're going to come back with some hardware. We're going to tell you all about it, and you'll be able to follow along in the fun. Yeah, and also in studio, Laurie, we're going to have very special guests who are going to tell us a little bit of a preview about their trip to the Transplant Games. So much fun. And we're also going to talk about coping with grief in the workplace, and that has more to do with our staff and how they handle grief of dealing with donor families on a regular basis. We're honor a hero. Take your questions and answers all here on this podcast. So a little bit of everything, something for everyone. And we want people to hear. And it's easy to find, right? Yeah, definitely, Laura. You can look us up on iTunes, Google Play, Pocket Cast, or whatever your favorite podcast app is. Yeah, someone was asking, I think it was Joey's friend, like, where do I find this podcast? Ah, you got an iPhone? Pop find it up. Easy. It's easy. Yes, yeah, search for The Gifted Life. Also, social media. Absolutely. A lot of what we talk about or all of what we talk about is on Facebook, so you can find us there. Yeah, and uh, pictures to kind of go along with what we're talking about. And um, I was pretty close to this story. We had a heart recipient, Justice Bayham, who just graduated from high school. So he was a heart recipient. He was really sick for a couple of years there. And then a donor saved his life. Mom never thought they would see this day where he's walking down to get his diploma, uh, but he did it. And in his graduation cap was the name Christopher, the name of his donor. They had the red heart, and then they had the lifeline. And um, it was just so amazing. And his, uh, the donor's favorite color was green. So they had that in there as well. So we have some pictures on our Facebook page, Donate Life Louisiana. Check it out. Like it. Also, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Donate Life LA. We do want to hear from you. We want this to be interactive. And, you know, everyone needs to know this number. Okay. 504-648-3477. 504-648-3477. We really I told want to hear would, from you. I told you one day I would sing it. It's sticking there. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. So we may share your audio on this podcast as well. We just want it to go as far as possible because... Our goal is to increase donor registries, not only here in Louisiana, but across the country to save more lives. And you can be a part of that special and important mission. So let's get started. In our community segment today, I'm excited. We are getting ready for Transplant Games 2016, Cleveland bound. So we're sending um, a crew there. We're going to be following Team Louisiana and then learning from folks from across the country. And we are now joined by Mr. Gordon Bowen, the CEO at LifeBank. Um, he's a pretty busy guy around now, right, right Joey? That's right. <laughs> That's right. He's with LifeBank. Of course, he's the CEO of LifeBank, uh, organ recovery agency there in Cleveland. And he's been uh, busy promoting the Transplant Games of America. Welcome aboard, Gordon. Thank you for coming on. Oh, it's my honor. I mean, we're excited here in the Cleveland area as, as well as throughout Ohio to bring the Transplant Games uh, here on June 10th through the 15th here in Cleveland. So uh, 
We're expecting a big turnout, record numbers, and it's all about promoting organized tissue donation and showing that transplantation is a success. Well, we know um, that you have been busy getting ready for the games, but how did the games end up in your backyard? That was some hard work going into that, too. Well, I think, you know, a couple of things. I think, we, you know, we really wanted them. And I think that we, you know, we're having the Cleveland Clinic University Hospitals here. Uh, one of, that's one of the key things to get the games. You've got to have buy-in from your transplant centers. And I think the Sports Commission here in Cleveland is one of the top sports commissions in the country. So, again, they had to be part of the bidding process. And from an OPO standpoint, we were all in. And I think we're very fortunate, too, that we have three sister organizations in Cincinnati, Columbus, and then Dayton, Toledo, along with iBanks and Tissue Banks that make up Donate Life Ohio. So we, you know, this is an Ohio event. It's just not a Cleveland event. But so we had everyone buy in early on. It's probably well over two years ago that we started this process. Tell us about registrations kind of leading up to the games, because um, it's all about promoting organ, eye, and tissue donations. So what are you seeing um, having had this where you are? Well, I think, you know, what, what, I, what we're seeing from the, the data that we've gotten from Transplant Games America is that we probably doubled the number of registrations uh, that were in Houston two years ago. And I think what we, what we find is there's a lot of participants that are organ recipients, as well as tissue and corneal recipients, as well as uh, living donors that, that can compete in these games. However, there's a huge following of donor families. So that's what makes it all, to me, very special, that for five days you got donor families and recipients being able to bond together to, to share life uh, for those that receive the gift of life and those that are heroes. So you talked about the recipients. Uh, so is there a certain time frame that they have to be out of the surgery? You know, is, is there like a one- or two-year time frame where they can't take part in the games or, or there are no limits? Yeah, I think it's a, I think it's nine months, but again, you have to get signed off from, you. of course, your transplant right. team to allow you to do it, but I think it's at least nine months. So, Gordon, I do have a question for you about the goal for Ohio with the games. Is this for uh, building your registry? Tell me a little bit more about that. So, so the transplant games of America, I mean, clearly the goal is the transplant games, but the other thing is to inc increase organized tissue donor registrations across the country. So, of course, we want to do that as well. In Ohio, we've had an established registry since 2002, so our current registered donors is approaching 60%. Uh, but for us, one of the things that I think was kind of a tiebreaker for us is our role in the multicultural uh, minority community and what can we do to bring uh, events, uh, and activities to Cleveland that would promote that as well. And we have a couple events. And, again, you can go to the website, transplantgamesofamerica.org, to get more information. Or you can go to our LifeBank, uh, L-I-F-E-B-A-N-C.org, to get more information as well about the, the Cleveland OPO and stuff. But, again, we're doing a uh, multicultural music fest uh, featuring Javier Colon, who was the winner of uh, Season 1 of The Voice. We're also doing a pastoral luncheon with faith-based leaders. Uh, there'll be also sponsors and workshops uh, at the Cleveland Convention Center, where there'll be some of those topics will be promoting uh, African-American and multicultural uh, activities as well. And again, I think, you know, for us, we have a high African-American uh, population here in the Cleveland area, so whatever we can do to get the word out and increase and, and promote organized tissue donation, it's, that's what we're all about. So we're excited that uh, we're able to do that as well. Well, I'm smiling because I'm out in the community and I'm thinking about all these people being in your area and just getting folks to listen to those stories that has to have quite the impact. So I'm thinking media, social media, 
those are all the things that you guys are, are rolling out. Uh, you've already started, I'm sure. We started quite some time ago. I mean, you know, through Donate Life Ohio, we have a media buy for the whole state. So we've, we've got transplant games. And again, it was kind of cool because we were able to pull recipients from all of our service areas and make individual commercials. So those have been airing for quite some time. Uh, in Cleveland, again, we've used our, our local iBank, uh, Eversight Ohio, as, lo- as well as us and our Donate Life Ohio partners uh, here in the Cleveland area. Uh, the Sports Commission as well. So we, we have done quite a, a big job. We've done a big torch run across the state, which started in January in Cleveland, and then it went down to Dayton and Toledo, down to Cincinnati, back up to Columbus, and just got back to Cleveland last week. And we took it through the transplant centers uh, last week. So, again, it's just getting the word out. Um, and I will tell you, at the games, the five days here, they'll be live at the TGA. So there'll be live spots during that time. Uh, promoting uh, the organ eye and tissue donation process as well as what we're trying to do here. And then, again, we have our own social media outlets. We're, we're all over the place here in the Cleveland area putting out messaging uh, every day. And I think uh, it'll even pick up even more as we get closer to the game. So I think we've done a pretty good job with that. And, again, I think this podcast, for example, is a perfect example of how we can get it out nationally. So thank you guys for doing that. And, and Cleveland is a wonderful city. I've been there a couple of times. How many people are you guys expecting to have uh, as far as the registration? You mentioned double earlier. We're probably, hopefully, expected to draw about 6,000 participants. And, again, that'll be competitors and non-competitors, which, you know, which makes up some of your donor family members as well. I think there was probably a little bit of half of that in the Houston games. So, again, it could be higher than that. But I, I will tell you that we know that we probably have doubled the numbers so far. And, again, we've got another week or two worth of uh, opportunities for people to sign up. So we're excited about that. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to be uh, a lot going on. We're excited to, uh, to be able to host the games here. And, uh, and again, it's kind of cool to bring in tissue and corneal recipients, too, and see what we can do with that as well because there's uh, – you know, they're heroes as well, and they're, and they're recipients, and uh, it's nice to share those stories. I am excited. We're bringing a podcast crew there, so we're going to be bringing home those stories and sharing those nationally as well. But, look, you can follow along not only um, on our Facebook page, which is Donate Life Louisiana, uh, but also look up LifeBank, lifebanc.org. And as Gordon has mentioned, transplantgamesofamerica.org, lots of information there. So, Gordon, we know you're busy. We appreciate you taking the time out. Um, and we know it's hard work, but must be rewarding. You no, know, it's very rewarding. I mean, we're honored. It's, it is a lot of work, but it's good work, and it's it's honorable work. And we're so glad to be able to bring uh, heroes as well as all of the uh, all the individuals that receive those uh, organs from the heroes to Cleveland for a five day event. And uh, you won't be bored. There's something going on all the time <laughs> in the. Uh, the event schedule can be found at transplantgames.org as well, and it's being updated daily. So uh, we're so excited about it and a lot going on in that five-day event. All right. Thanks, Gordon. More to come on the Transplant Games right here. Okay, guys, we just talked about the preps for Transplant Games 2016. Now we want to introduce you to some of Team Louisiana. These guys will be representing us at the Transplant Games. I'm so excited. We have a studio full. We have Miss Kim Black. Hey, Miss Kim. Hey, how you doing today? So by day, heart transplant social worker at Oshner, and by night, our Team Louisiana co-lead. How are you? I'm doing good. Are you tired? 
I am ready to go to the games. <laughs> We're all ready to go to the games. We also have Mr. Tyrone Cooper, heart recipient from 2011. How are you, sir? I'm fine. Second fine. visit to the games. <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah. Are you a medal holder? Yes. No, oh, yes. With a big smile. Yes. I love that. We're going to hear his story. <laughs> and then we have Mr. Warren Whittington, recipient of a kidney pancreas transplant in 2010. How are you? I'm fine. This is your first visit? Yeah, I'm a rookie. A rookie? A future gold medal holder. Uh, oh, oh, I like that. I like that. Okay, so what have you heard about the transplant games? Because obviously you're friends and on this team with folks who have been before. Good stuff? Well, it's great stuff. There's a lot of uh, competition that I never shy away from. And <laughs> it was, I guess, very interesting, you know, to see that other people with transplants are there out there competing and, you know, not letting them having a transplant stop. Yeah. And that's where, you know, a lot of people think, oh, you had a transplant, you're sick. And it's not really that. You, life goes on. Yeah. You know, and we're here to prove it. We're here to prove well, it. Well, I'm going to tell you what games these guys are participating in. But, Miss Kim, I'm going to start with you um, because as uh, one of the leads of Team Louisiana, we set out with certain goals. Uh, we want to increase our registry. We want to motivate these guys, which, by the way, I've heard you're a motivator, supporter, cheerleader, tireless worker, amazing volunteer, all these great things. You're a good girl. And then is there a gold medal in your past? There is. I'm a <laughs> 4 by 200 freestyle medal winner from the Sydney Games in 2000. Yeah, did you guys know that? Yes. yes. Isn't that impressive? Like They're like, yeah, that's why she's our leader. Uh, yes. <laughs> We're going to go get some gold, too. I love it. All right, so talk about uh, your motivation for getting involved and, and what you hope these guys take away from games. So I've worked at Oshner for the last five and a half years, and in that time, I have become keenly aware about the shortage of organ donors. You know, I've had a lot of my patients die waiting. You guys know the statistics, 22 people die every day. And so became passionate originally about it on that side. Obviously, because of my background athletically, I've realized the importance of exercise and the importance of the community that that provides. And so, you know, the transplant games ended up kind of transforming my athletes in a way that I didn't anticipate, you know, um, really kind of changed them from having that kind of patient view to really claiming their identity as athletes mm -hmm. and, and, and their mission to help spread awareness. Wow. And you uh, also challenge them to increase our registry, which they're doing. They're they continuing are. to do. Yeah, they're doing a great job at it. You know, I think a lot of people decide to be organ donors in part because they hear about their personal stories. And, you know, these guys all have stories yeah. and really powerful stories. And we have a lot of we have three donor families that are also going to the transplant games and they have stories. And some of the biggest healings that I've seen have been when those donor families have gotten to meet some of their recipients and vice versa. Yeah. And so one of the donor families attending, um, their their loved one saved your life, right, Tyrone? Yes. All right, so the is. hero is, what's his name? Daryl Duplantis. Yeah, with a big smile on your face because yes. you're going to honor him, right? That's yes. part of what the games mm -hmm. is all about, honoring these donors and their families. Right. So tell us a little bit about him. I know that the family went with you last time you went last to the games yeah. and medaled, so they must have been super right. proud, right? Yes. All right, so tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, my, my family, we uh, my donor family, we pretty uh, close-knit. Probably talk. So that is your family. Week. Yeah. yeah. Here's another family. Now, more kids, more grandkids. You know, it's, it's kind of unique the way it, way it happened. But 
you know, sorrowful for them, but happy on our side. But indeed, they are happy for me, you know, when I first met them. So, you know, they they kind of surprised, one of the daughters kind of surprised me in Houston. So she's coming again to Cleveland. And uh, the mom and the dad, they travel almost everywhere with us most of the time, come to church when we have events for our kids or we go there. So. I love that. It's pretty exciting. It's great. And so um, on our YouTube channel, so you can, uh, you know, search for LOPA or Donate Life Louisiana, they can actually see your story from the first transplant game run and that donor family with you, which is pretty incredible. And Warren, you have an incredible story about your donor because y'all just met a couple of weeks ago. Yes. Right? The donor family. Yes. So tell us about your donor. Um, his name? His name is uh, Jamin Robinson. Yeah. And ironically, but I guess... God's will, I was once his teacher. So what does it mean you're going to the transplant games? What do you want everybody to get out of that story? Me going to the transplant games, well, I guess it, it means a lot to, to me for me to have, uh, I guess, a great opportunity to serve people at being healthier. And I talked to my donor's mother, and the woman has a great heart. I mean, she's very kind. and she says she's kind of struggled with donation at first. The social workers kind of helped her and, and led her, you know, to, to realize that they would take care of her son as if he was still here. And that, that was very important to her. And going to the transplant game, I would be going to honor him mm-hmm. because he was a kind young man that, you know, lost his life mm-hmm. tragically too soon. But... To be able to go and represent them, it it's a great honor. And that's kind of what it's all about, huh, Kim? Definitely is. Yeah. And so um, these guys have not only been prepping for the games, and and you must be pretty proud because they got a list. So Tyrone, I mean, so captain of the basketball team. Yes. Okay, we're gonna see some hardware coming home. I hope you doing tennis, yeah. swimming, volleyball. Yes. Healthy man, heart recipient, yeah. 2011. I'm so proud. So you feel good? Yeah. Feel ready? Yeah. Team Louisiana's ready. Yes. He's smiling. He's a smile. I love it. All right. And so, Warren, uh, basketball, captain of the volleyball team, co-captain of tennis, table tennis, and darts. Yes. Oh, awesome. So you guys ready? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So not only getting ready for those games, but they've also been working to increase the donor registry. So I've been saying, so give back nights have been held across the state, right? And so tell us what you guys have been doing though in your church. You hosted a, a movie night, but to get the word out to save more lives, lives like yours. So tell us what you guys have been doing. Well, my, my pastor, Reverend Rodney Johnson Sr., he told me to give him a shout-out. So. <laughs> <laughs> Good so, job. Well, my pastor at uh, Bell and Bethlehem Baptist Church, we are, my, fam, uh, my pastor has been after us because we had uh, uh, two brothers that uh, one of the younger brother donated a kidney to the older brother. Yeah. So that kind of initiated it and started us. So we wanted to get to donate for life event mm-hmm. and we uh did the wish movie one saturday with uh cheryl and nicole you know that kind of helped and uh i think the games really from going to the game the first time and i'm sure warren would see that i want to say for him because it kind of initiates you more to want to uh, have people to register mm-hmm. so that kind of like the big eye opener mm-hmm. you know and we also have uh we had two dress down at hornville high school and R.K. Smith uh, Middle School, 
for uh, the kids did a dress down and donated the money oh. for the teens, you know. So they kind of help busy. out a lot. Yes. Oh, this, and it's all culminating with the transplant games, yes. which is amazing. And so, and I wish y'all could see what they're wearing because th- these guys are proud. So we have a Team Louisiana shirt. Yes. We have Donate That. <laughs> we got a Team Louisiana. Louisiana. Even my boss is wearing yeah. Team Louisiana and yes. Troy. So we are heavily represented. And, of course, the podcast will be there getting these stories, bringing them back. Um, so these are only two of Team Louisiana, right? So so two folks. So tell us about um, our, our crew that we're bringing to represent us in Cleveland. So we have about 28 athletes, which includes organ recipients of both liver, lung, kidney, and heart. Three of those are donor families, and two of the donor families are actually connected with our, two of our athletes that are going. And then we have finally have our first cornea recipient as well. Yeah. Um, so kind of highlighting both the importance of organ and tissue and eye donation is Circle part of the of mission of, of Transplant Games. I love it. But we all know, and I know you guys know, um, that it takes a lot of help to coordinate and to pay for everything to get folks to Cleveland, to compete and all that. So we have to thank sponsors who saw uh, what a worthwhile event this was and what we were doing here in Louisiana, right? Yeah, certainly. There's been a lot of people behind the scenes. We have a really strong steering committee that has representation, both of Oshner's staff and also LOPA and Legacy. And we also have my co-manager, Debbie Dumas-Hicks, who mm-hmm. has also been essential in terms Familiar of... your names to you guys, right? Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. yes. It's essential in terms of partnering to kind of lead this team. And then we have a bunch of sponsors and agencies that have really backed us up both from 2014 and some new ones here in 2015. So if you go to our website, which is teamlouisianatga.com, and you'll see all of our sponsors listed there as well. But particularly, we want to give a shout out to our gold and silver sponsors, Oshner, Airmed, Lopa Lipsies, Southern Eye Bank, DBA Berry Tutoring, donated in honor of Cyrus Barker and CareDX has also been one of our major sponsors. So we, we are just so thankful for them and just helping these athletes to both go and represent Louisiana and then also just to continue to spread awareness and save lives. Well, and thanks to you because I hear that you're great and you do a lot of this on your downtime, on your own time. So it's really important to you, which is pretty cool. Yeah. yeah, it's been, I mean, definitely one of the most inspiring things that I've been part of since I've been at Oshner and all these athletes are like family to me as well and you know it's been an amazing experience to see them from you know many of them particularly on the heart side I worked with prior to their transplant and so to see them so sick and not being able to walk distances and now be able to play sports is just an incredible thing. I like that. Well I'm going to be going to the transplant games we're going to do um, some podcast stuff, some YouTube stuff, so everybody can see. And that's our goal, too, is to let everybody know how you guys do. So I'm excited to watch y'all compete. Thank y'all so much. Thank you, Ryan. Team Louisiana, can we get a one, two, three? Team, Team Louisiana! It is now time for our family support segment, and Miss Sally is going to lead the way. And today we're talking about coping with grief in the workplace, Miss Sal. You know, one of the things that we talk about is, you know, medical professionals, and, and by that I, I'm talking about more hospice workers, emergency and critical care staff, and more specifically our staff 
when you know you're working with grief on a daily basis some of the things that we thought about was what do you do as that individual working in this particular field how do you handle that grief because it's day in and it's day out and sometimes it can be overwhelming sometimes i think that that we all can become more emotionally involved it just kind of depends on you know who and what and the circumstances and we just kind of try to focus at least at times on how can we be a healthier group of people when this is something that we do every day? And how do we develop a little bit more detached concern, if you will? That means not that we don't care anymore or any less about what happens, but how are we able to handle our own personal feelings? So, Joey, you've been in this a good while, too. Do you mind sharing a little bit about what happens for you? Certainly. You know, you talked about the detached concern. And I can say specifically from my own circumstances in the past, I had a lot of trouble with that, you know, especially my first few years, two or three years as a, as a coordinator. You know, this is, of course, 15 years ago or so. But that was a difficult task for me. There was a lot of times where, uh, you know, I, I had so many special families, but there was certain ones that would stick with me for a little bit. And it was hard for me to turn that off. And, and I, I've learned through different things, through courses, through, of course, talking to you guys in, in, uh, in our family services, that there, you've got to have that certain amount of detached concern uh, that goes with it. And I've been able to kind of change that to at least, you know, turn it off for me an hour or so before I go to bed and an hour or so after I wake up, just to have some time. Uh, my personal preference, I like to do a lot of exercise. It kind of clears my mind, you know, especially right before I go to bed. And again, you know, uh, when I wake up to kind of reinvigorate me for the day. And then another thing that, you know, to be able to have, you know, my wife is in the healthcare field as well. So she can tell sometimes when, you know, things are a little more difficult. You know, maybe we've had a run of more challenging cases and 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 she can see that oftentimes because of the work that she does and oftentimes kind of innately or I guess, you know, throughout through her, her nursing, you know, understands that this is a time that she needs to kind of pick me up and, and does that. Mm-hmm. So you're very fortunate that you have someone that is familiar with what you do and can have a better understanding of right. what you do. I know I talked with several other of our staff. And I just asked them that question. What do you do? How are you able to do this on a daily basis? And, you know, we talked about this previously about having humor. And most of the folks said, you know, we find something light, whether it's a comedy to watch, whether it's just something that is not quite as in-depth and intense as what we're doing daily. We do want to support our families, every single one of them. But we also know, too, that they have their families, they have their own support systems. And so we just want them to know for that brief moment in time that we are there for them. And I think that that for them being able to realize and accept that is probably a really healthy way for staff to to work with families. I know exercise is one of the things Mm -hmm. that, that most of them talked about they like to do, spending time with their families, with their children, with their 
pets, you know, a couple of them said they like to go fishing, they like to just be out on the water, or working outside in the yard. It just kind of takes them away from everything that's going on that's so intense during the day. But I think, too, that it takes a special individual to work in this particular field or in the field of of the, the medical field when you are dealing with death on a regular basis. And so for people to be able to do that and remain healthy, both mentally and physically, can be a challenge. But I think that thanks to our staff, our management staff, that we're able to find that there are ways that, you know, there's a big focus on taking care of yourself. So I think that's most important. I know we could go on about, you know, what all does that mean? But just an overview of what what our people do, I think, makes a difference. I agree. We definitely uh, do as much as we can to provide that work-life balance so that our staff can provide the most support for that family within that time. And I would also like to share with you a couple websites that you may want to go to. One of them is christiewest.com. It's K-R-I-S-T-I-E-W-E-S-T. Another one is the American Mental Health Counselors Association, and that's www.amhca.org. And you can also call us at 504-648-3477 for resources. Or you can certainly send us an email at familyservices at lopa.org. And we'll be glad to provide a list of resources for you to access that you may find will be helpful for you in the future. All good to know. Thanks, Sally. At this time in the podcast, we'd like to honor a hero today. We focus on Carl LaPointe. Um, This story comes to us from his wife. It says in September of 2015, it was a normal day just like any other. Little did I know our lives would change later that day. That morning would be the last time I hugged, kissed, and saw my husband awake. I talked to him at 4.40 that afternoon. He was running late from work when he called me to say, I love you, I'll see you soon. Around 5.45, I called Carl to see how much longer he would be. He didn't answer. Carl always answered his phone. I started to worry. When the sheriff's department showed up at the door, I began to panic. My first thought was that Carl had been in an accident. Upon getting to the hospital, my reality was far worse. Carl had been found in cardiac arrest and unresponsive. Walking into the ER was like a dream I couldn't wake up from. All I heard the doctor say was, Mrs. LaPointe, you need to call your family. My husband, the love of my life, best friend and soulmate, was dying. Eight years ago, Carl decided to become an organ donor. So on September 18th, 2015, when he passed away, that's just what he did. I honored Carl's wishes and he became the hero I always knew he was. Carl saved five people when he donated life. We take comfort in knowing he lives on in the five people he saved. We love and miss him. Again, that is from his wife. You can read more. You can see pictures of Carl and his wife on our website, lopa.org. Click on the Heroes tab. Not only can you read and learn more about Carl, but other heroes as well. It's an incredible way to honor those silent heroes. Yes, it is. And at this time, we'd like to pause and say thank you to Carl LaPointe for the gift of life. It is question and answer time here on The Gifted Life. And remember, if you want to interact with us, info at lopa.org. That's where we got this question, Joe. When I got my driver's license, I was asked if I wanted to be an organ donor. I said yes. I recently was told that wasn't enough 
and that I had to register through the Louisiana Organ Tissue and Eye Donor Registry. I registered just in case, but can you confirm that signing up at the DMV is not enough to become an organ donor? That's the question. That's a great question, Lori. That's one that we get often. And in fact, all you need is that little red heart on your license. That beautiful red heart. Beautiful I love it. <laughs> red heart on your license. So if you sign up at the DMV or if you've come onto our website, lopa.org, either way, once you sign up, you're in the registry. But here's the thing. Share your wishes with your family. Yeah. Have that conversation. Most, uh, most of our donor families say it was a 10-second conversation. It was a 20-second because they saw something in a movie and they wanted their families to know. We need you to have that conversation so that we can make life happen. So go out, put that heart on your license if you haven't already, um, and don't wait until the next time you have to go to Renew. You can always go to lopa.org and you can sign up today. Thanks for the question. Um, info at lopa.org. If you have something you want to punt our way, you can also give us a call, 504-648-3477. We'd love to hear from you. Another episode of The Gifted Life in the Books, guys. A good one. Yep. Good yeah. One. Yeah, Laurie, we want to give a special thanks to Garden Bowen out of Life Bank for coming on and sharing a little bit about what they did in hosting for the transplant games. And of course, while I'm doing that, I'd like to thank the other three OPOs in Ohio for putting in such good efforts. That's a lot that goes into it. So certainly we don't want to leave those guys out. Teamwork, yeah. And then we want to give a special thanks to Kim Black, Tyrone Cooper, and Warren Whittington for representing us, Team Louisiana there. I'm sure they're going to have a great time this week, and I can't wait to hear the stories that come out of it. And, you know, it's just going to be so inspirational to find out how they do and to watch them honoring their donor families. What a wonderful tribute. Yeah. Uh, and I love these guys. I love their stories. I love that uh, one of the donor families able to attend to watch the recipient. Um, so we're going to have all this for you uh, and more, not only here on The Gifted Life, but our social media sites as well. So Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, keeping you in the know you'll want to follow these stories, and we hope it motivates you to go out and do something that you don't normally do to help make life happen. Have a good one. <laughs>